Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Happy and New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Uh, we made it. We made yeah, it. Yeah, we survived 2016. <laughs> we lived through it all, and all we got was this shitty t shirt. <laughs> There's no t-shirts. Sorry. Sorry, guys. We don't even get t-shirts. There's no t-shirts. Um, but it's 2017. Y'all. Not much has changed. Well, actually, we're, we're talking from 2016. We don't really know. Yeah. Maybe things have changed. Maybe there's flying cars and shit. Maybe. Maybe they, maybe they were just waiting for that ball to drop to turn on the switch. Maybe the apes have taken over. Could be. I, for one, welcome our new giant ant overlords. <laughs> Um, right off the bat, if you notice that we have improved sound quality, that is because we got a brand new mixer. Hey, we did it. Come on. Um, oh, and I should mention, uh, we also want to thank our, well, not also, this is the first thanks. (laughs) (laughs) It was, uh, we're off to a winning start. Great 2017, guys. <laughs> Great success. <laughs> uh, we want to start out by thanking our Patreon patrons. Uh, it's Max Zaleski, Kevin Nesgoda, Skeptical Crypto, and The Horror Addicts. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate every cent that you give us. Uh, Taylor, should somebody want to support our show, where can they do it? Someone should want to support our show, and they can do so at patreon.com. Don't go to Clom. <laughs> I don't know what you'll find there. <laughs> patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Hey. Give us money. Give us money. Bring money. <laughs> yeah, I actually got this mixture as a gift for Christmas. Um, so that was our goal. We got to set another goal, I guess. Yeah. I mean. One million dollars. That's our goal. <laughs> It's like, you know, we just got new mics. They're not the best mics, but they sound pretty good, I think. Um, But I don't know. Maybe we could get even better mics. Cables. We should get really good cables. All right. That's our next goal, guys. All right, guys. Buy us cables. (laughs) We're going to get some really nice cables. Um, Like monster cables would be good. Yeah. Those are pricey, though. I think like one one, uh, XLR cable is like probably 30 bucks. That is pricey. Yeah, but we can do it, guys, with your help. With your help, <laughs> if we all band together, Tony and I can get nice stuff <laughs> with your money for just the with price. Your of a powers cu- and money combined <laughs> <laughs> for just the price of a cup of coffee. Is that true? A cup of coffee does not cost what, like twenty-five cents, like it did back in the day. Well, for the price of a cup of coffee, you could get exclusive access to our Patreon's only feed, as well as a free sticker. Have you started making stickers yet, Tony? I have the stuff. I just haven't made them yet. I've, right, so I've got to send some to our contest enters. Yeah, I know. Enterers. The the stickers are coming, guys. I promise. It's the holidays have been busy, and I've been fighting a cold. I'm still trying to get past that right now. Hopefully, I can make it through the show. It was a struggle. <laughs> um... God, my voice, my voice is starting to go already. That's... You will. You'll, you'll make it. This, this is a good one. It's 2017. We got the Grave Plot Awards today. Yeah. This this might be a long episode. We do have a shorter horror business, though. Do we? Yeah. Oh. Well, there's that. Uh, there's nothing interesting going on. 2017. I mean, <laughs> no news is good news, I guess. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Nobody died. Except for, I mean... You know, 
where we're at right now, this is actually New Year's Eve that we're recording this. Yeah, so um, I'm sure someone really cool is going to die tonight. Oh, God. You know, we were talking about the extra second that the... Yeah, fucking leap second. Right, yeah, the timekeepers are adding to tonight and sadistic assholes. <laughs> it's like you said. Uh, somebody's, that second is going to cost someone. It's like, uh, yeah. I mean, any other year I'd say you're full of shit, but it very well could be true. Yep. 2016 is the fucking devil. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are we starting with? The, the 2016 Grave Plot Awards. All right. Well, Let's go live to the Chinese theater in beautiful Hollywood, California <laughs> with your hosts, Skeletoni and Taylor of Terror. Take it away, boys. Thanks, guys. We're here at some theater in Hollywood. The famous one. Yeah, you know, the one where they do all the shit. All the stars are here. Yeah, I mean, we can't talk to any of them. We've been, we've been expressly we've, we've warned. We've signed NDAs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's uh, Jack Nicholson. And others. <laughs> I see um, Lee Majors. He's cool. I like him. Yep. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, Lee. Glad you survived 2016, bro. <laughs> um, anyway, but we're happy to be here. Uh, another year of, well, no, there weren't a lot of good movies this year. There were some. There were some. <laughs> Very few. There was some garbage, too. There was a lot of garbage. <laughs> so much garbage. Um, but from the wreckage we managed to pull some very worthy competitors out um for this year's grave plot awards um i think we've got all the same categories i was gonna say fields but that wasn't the right word oh that's not right but yes categories is the right word uh same ones as last year right we don't have any new ones or changed ones the only difference was we had five nominees instead of four per Mm, category this year yes um, and we changed the, the voting rules this year. Uh, last year it was basically you guys were one vote collectively as the audience. And then Taylor and I each had our own votes. We all, we each accounted for 33% of the vote and a third. Right. Um, we've changed that now to where was it? Ta- your, our votes count as I get 20%. You, you get 20%. The fans get 60%. Right. So you guys actually have more control no, this year. That's not right. It's not? I get 30, you get 30, they get 40. Ah, <clears throat> uh, okay. Right. So that way there could be no three-way ties. Right. And you guys actually have more control this year than, than last year. Let's just hope you didn't fuck it up. They probably did. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> By the way, we got 606 votes this year. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much. But we got like 10 last year. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, guys. Thank you for participating. <laughs> it's like, you know, when we didn't get a lot of participants in the Krampus contest, it was kind of like, uh. We didn't get a lot of nominees either because we opened up the nomination process right. to the general public and we didn't get a lot of people sending in their nominations. Yeah. So it was awesome to get so many votes. Right. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so many votes, and so it made this competition a lot more interesting. Yeah. Um, so I guess we just go ahead and jump right into the awards ceremony. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's uh, welcome our first presenters, Skeletoni and Taylor of Terror from the Grave Plot Podcast. Hey, I like those guys. You know, oftentimes we see somebody in a film that uh, does... Get out of here, Morgan Freeman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We want her presenting the first category of the 2016 Grave Plot Awards. For Best TV Actress, the nominees are Kathy Bates for American Horror Story Roanoke. Alicia Debnam Carey for Fear the Walking Dead. Lauren Cohen for The Walking Dead. Dana DeLorenzo for Ash vs. Evil Dead. And Melissa McBride for The Walking Dead. Are we going to do the envelope thing again this year? No, it's all digital now. <laughs> it's all digital. <laughs> it's, on our, it's on our tablets. <laughs> it's a teleprompter. <laughs> and the winner is... Alicia Debnam Carey for Fear the Walking Dead. Oh. <laughs> Guys. They won. What? They won. Guys. Come on now. Full disclosure, I'm pretty sure we got hijacked by an Alicia Debnam Carey fan group. Uh, that would explain a lot. Because she got like 91% of the fan vote. Fucking hell. <laughs> That's so much. Yeah. It was a little ridiculous. Ah, man. But regardless, congratulations, Alicia. Apparently, you have lots of fans who are willing to go and vote on meaningless award shows for you. (laughs) (laughs) We'd send you your trophy, but uh, we don't want to. Yeah. We don't don't make trophies. We don't have any. That's silly. Maybe if we get more Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast, we can make real trophies next year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then we'll hand deliver them. We'll, we'll hire couriers, courier pigeons. Let's get courier pigeons. Oh, do we have to train them? No, we buy ones that are already trained. Oh, I was going to say, if we have to train them, we have to pay them. We have to get more money from our Patreon patrons. <laughs> I mean, yes, we're going to have to train them. <laughs> we're just joking. We're not cricks. <laughs> uh, All right, moving on to uh, Best TV Actor. <clears throat> the nominees are Bruce Campbell for Ash vs. Evil Dead. Tom Ellis for Lucifer. Andrew Lincoln for The Walking Dead. Jeffrey Dean Morgan for The Walking Dead. And Paul Schneider for Channel Zero, Candle Cove. Schneider, Schneider. (laughs) And the winner is... Andrew Lincoln for The Walking Dead. That's that's a twofer. Yep, he won last year as well. Yep, that's not... Twofer, that's not the right term. It's uh, I'm really fucking up my turns today. He's your reigning champion. Yes. This is the second the winner year. and still. <laughs> Congratulations to Andrew. Uh, I'm not going to try and do an accent this year. Please don't. It was awful. <laughs> You're still living down that embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, when I did the Aussie accent by accident. <laughs> so bad. Uh, no, but... Andrew or Andrew Lincoln did like he he really took Rick to another level this year. Like we saw emotional depths 
from him that we hadn't seen in past um, seasons, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like, you know, we, I think we may have talked about this before, but in the first meeting with Negan uh, after he killed um, uh, Glenn and Abraham. Spoiler alert. Ah, fuck it. Everybody knows by now. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, then, I mean. Then you probably don't care. Yeah. Um, but I lost my train of thought. Oh, when uh, he was telling Rick to cut off Carl's hand. That was fucked. He was a broken man. Like you. Could Sorry, s- censors. Sorry, ABC. <laughs> ABC. <laughs> like ABC would ever air this garbage. <laughs> ABC airs a lot of garbage. Though. That's true. <laughs> Just not our particular brand of garbage. Um, but yeah, like after that, when basically Negan made a point that, like, okay, now you're my bitch. Use mine now. Uh you could definitely see just like that he was just shattered inside. Yeah. So uh, I was really impressed with him this season. That's why he won the award. Right. <laughs> with how much of the vote of the audience vote? I don't know. Oh. I don't have that pulled up. <laughs> I don't have those numbers. I didn't vote for him. You didn't? Nope. Bruce? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Ah. Yeah, I was I was I was torn, but just that first episode really got me. Like that that swayed me. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, moving on to the next category. Uh, we have the best TV show. And the nominees are American Horror Story, Roanoke. Ash vs. Evil Dead. Channel Zero, Candle Cove. Stranger Things. And The Walking Dead. And the winner is... The Walking Dead. Which I'm fairly surprised by. I am surprised as well. Um... Um, to answer your last question, uh, Andrew Lincoln won 33.2% of the fan votes. Was that the majority? Yeah. Yeah, he won the fan vote. Uh, best TV series, Walking Dead won, but it was very close. They had 35.1%. Stranger Things had 32.3%, so it Ooh, was close. It was a tight race. Both shows, I mean, were... I mean, every, everybody knows that Stranger Things is incredible. Yeah. But The Walking Dead really pulled out all the stops this year. Well, yeah, but I mean, like so many people criticize it. That's why I'm surprised that it won. Yeah, and I, I think true horror fans like The war- Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, there's the people who were watching it more casually. They're the ones that jump shipped. Yeah, jump shipped, jumped shipped. It's hyphenated. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that that's definitely the case people that were just watching it because it's like zombies are the cool thing to do right um yeah well, you, know, you can always tell the favorites or you know the um the uh fairweather fans i should say um when a favorite character gets killed off in a show and they're like oh done not watching anymore yeah and it's like those, those are the people that just don't give a shit mm-hmm. about the show itself and the quality it's putting out exactly but, uh, yeah, I think Walking Dead definitely deserved it. I think this has been a great season. Definitely. Um, I'm really looking forward to the second half. Mm-hmm. All right, now it's time for everyone's favorite category, Best Nude Scene. Ow! The nominees are Lauren Ashley Carter for Darling, Abigail Hardingham for Nita Forever, 
Bella Heathcote and Abby Lee for the Neon Demon. Uh, Louise Linton for Intruder. And the Murder Lounge Girls for 31. And the winner is... Bella Heathcote and Abby Lee for the Neon Demon. Aw, yeah. Two is always better than one. (laughs) Dude, you got two hot chicks showering with each other. They were covered in blood, which was a little off-putting. Sure. But you can look past that. (laughs) I definitely did. I definitely did. (laughs) Oh, man. I said the only good part of that fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely was. Um I mean, not not to get too far off track, but you know, when we reviewed the movie, I think we agreed that probably the best actor in the movie was Keanu Reeves, which was really weird. Which was weird, yeah. <laughs> his uh, his character was just so reprehensible, but at the same time, he did a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but man, damn girls, you fine. <laughs> a deserving win, I would say. <laughs> All right, now for my second favorite, <laughs> second favorite, close, uh, close second, very so close, very close uh, category. It's the uh, best gore slash effects. The nominees are thirty one, Cabin Fever, the remake, Green Room, Lights Out, and the other side of the door. And the winner is Green Room. I can't say I'm too surprised. There's some pretty gnarly shit. There's some heinous, heinous shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shotgun blast to the face. Yeah, and all the machete. So many. The dog attacks. Fuck! I want to watch that again. (laughs) It's on uh, Amazon. Is it really? Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Hot damn! I might have to watch that. Oh yeah. R.I.P. Anton Yelchin. Fucking 2016. One love. One love. <laughs> God damn 2016, man. That was a shocker, man. Yeah. Uh, that blew me away. And I was like sad because of it, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, celebrities die. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them died this year. And man, there was a handful of them where I had like, you know, some kind of emotional reaction to it. But he, like, I wasn't like a super big fan of his, but it's like. See, I remember, I think it was when we, when we reviewed Burying the X, and I was like, do I like Anton Yelchin? <laughs> And then in this, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And then he died. <laughs> yeah. And I like I I loved him as Chekhov. He was so good in those in yeah, the Star Trek that's movies. True. Um just such a bummer. Like, I mean, because he, he, he was so young and he was really talented. Mm-hmm. Um and for it to be a freak accident too, like that yeah. was just so sad. Fucking like, twenty sixteen. Green room. Yeah, that was killer. I mean, especially his hand like chopped in half. Oh yeah, it's just like ah. ribbons. Oh, so good. All right, moving on to uh, the best actress in a horror movie. Yeah, these are film actresses. Correct. And the nominees are Lauren Cohen for The Boy, Anya Taylor Joy for The Witch, Zoe Kazan for The Monster, Jane Levy for Don't Breathe. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead for 10 Cloverfield Lane. And the winner is... Lauren Cohen for The Boy. Really? Boy. That's surprising. I thought it was too. 
But she got um thirty 35.8% of the vote. Hmm. Nobody else was really cl- even close in the fan vote. Really? Yeah. That is surprising as hell. Because I, I mean, I I didn't like The Witch. Like, I was pretty clear about that yeah. when we reviewed it. But um, Anya Taylor-Joy did a really good job in it. I agree. For a, a girl her age to do so well in a, like a period piece like that, where she just kind of like disappears into that time. Like the way, I mean, the, her, the way she delivered the lines was just like perfect. So, I mean, that's why I voted for her. I personally voted for Jane Levy. Did you? Because I think she's amazing. I think she's like the best actress in horror in everything she does. So, yeah, I, I almost voted for her, um, but I, yeah, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> cool story. <laughs> All right. And now the category for best actor in a film, horror film. Uh, Richard Brake for 31. John Goodman for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Pat Healy for Carnage Park. Stephen Lang for Don't Breathe. And Anton Yelchin for Green Room. And the winner is... John Goodman for 10 Cloverfield Lane. That surprises me as well. See, I'm not as surprised by that one. I I personally didn't vote for him, but I think he did do an amazing job. So I'm, I'm not... I have no qualms with this. I can't remember who I voted for. I believe you voted for Anton Yelchin. Sounds like me. <laughs> Sounds I, like something I did. I personally voted for Stephen Lang. Yeah. He, I mean, they were all really good. I mean, there was no bad nominee in this one. The fan vote in this one was very close as well. Uh, John Goodman got 25.6%. Stephen Lang got 24.8%. Mm. Yeah. So very close. I feel bad for Richard Brake. Oh, I forgot to say the uh, the fan voting for best effects was actually a dead tie. Really? Yeah. For it was um, green room and lights out. Hmm. Was it lights out? Just a bunch of CGI. I I don't know. Because fuck that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, I feel bad for Richard Brake because he was in such a shit movie. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was the best part of it. He was fantastic in that. Yeah. He was like he was the only good part about that. Well, more or less. I mean, you had some naked chicks hanging out. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but aside from that, the movie sucked. Okay, so next category is best director. This is the no second to last category. Uh, we said we have two more after this. Ah, okay. Nominees are Fide Alvarez for Don't Breathe, David Eggers for The Witch. Mike Flanagan for Hush. Luke Scott for Morgan. And James Wan for The Conjuring 2. And the winner is... Fide Alvarez for Don't Breathe. All right. I am okay with that. That was that was a fucking good movie. That was a good movie. And I'm really glad James Wan <laughs> didn't win. <laughs> James Wan did win the fan vote. Yeah, he was really close to winning. But luckily... <laughs> Taylor and I outvoted you guys. Yeah. Fide Alvarez was very close in the fan voting, though. It was 27.9% to 23.6%. With James Wan? Yeah. Ah. But Don't Breathe was just a better movie. Yeah. And we made it so. We electoral vote <laughs> voted you guys. 
Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> we electoral vote. Electoral voted. No, electoral vote. God damn oh, Fuck. I'm going to stop. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cares what you're trying you to just, say. You just do the talking for the rest of the show. <laughs> My brain is not functioning correctly. <clears throat> okay. The next category is the best horror comedy. And the nominees are Fear, Inc. The Greasy Strangler. Nina Forever. They're Watching. And Yoga Hosers. I just want to say that uh, Nina Forever and They're Watching both technically had release dates of 2015, but they did not come to the United States until 2016. Then they're 2016 movies. Bingo. Because America. <laughs> we are the center of the universe. <laughs> These colors don't run. <laughs> and the winner is Fear, Inc. All right. This was the only one that was unanimous. Really? Yep. That's surprising. I mean, not surprising that it won, surprising that it was unanimous. I would have thought that one of the three votes would have been different. Yeah. Um, But it was definitely the most horror and the most comedy in one movie. I agree. And it was just the best. I was really torn between this and uh, They're Watching, because They're Watching was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, Nina Forever actually came in second in the fan voting. Really? Yeah. All right. I'll take it. Yeah. So before we get to the main event, the best movie of the year, we want to hand out our own Lifetime Achievement Award, which we call the Golden Grave Award. We do call it that. Previous winners include Bruce Campbell. This and... year's winner... <laughs> And others. <laughs> nope. No, no, no others. <laughs> this is only the second annual Grey Plot Awards. But uh, the second annual Golden Grave Award goes to a man who brought us such classics as A Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, and others. <laughs> uh, I'd say New Nightmare, but that's pretty much Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh, People Under the Stairs. Um, fuck, and other, <laughs> and such. Um, unfortunately, he passed away in 2015. But we honor his legacy today by giving the Golden Grave Award to Wes Craven. Congratulations, Wes. We wish you were here. One love. <laughs> oh, hills have eyes, duh. Oh, of course. Um, red eye, cursed. Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> I bet he wanted to forget that one. Tons of great movies. Uh, Shocker. One of his best movies. Deadly Friend. Man, I I, I forgot about a lot of these. Swamp Thing. Man, I miss Wes Craven. I know, right? <laughs> Okay, and now for the grand finale, guys. This is for all the marbles. People uh, over like, finally. <laughs> God, this is almost over. <laughs> uh, the grand poobah of all categories. The best horror movie of 2016. And the nominees are Blair Witch. Don't Breathe. 
Hush. <laughs> Green Room and the Witch. And the winner is. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I was building suspense. <laughs> the winner is Don't Breathe. <sighs> Fine. I'm okay with it, but I voted for Blair Witch. Fuck you people. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people were like, what the fuck is that movie even doing here? <laughs> fuck you. I loved it. <laughs> Aside from a few outliers, these were mostly just shows that were or, uh, movies that were we talked about or saw or reviewed on the show. Like we didn't, I mean, like we, we didn't actually see lights out or the monster. Um, yeah, actually those ones were nominated from other people. So, okay. Well, there's that. There it is. So congratulations to all our winners. Thank you for joining us on the second annual grave plot awards. We'll see you Brought next to year. You by Taco Bell. Really? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they'll pay us now. We got free Taco Bell. (laughs) Yes, we will see you on the next year. Now back to Taylor and Tony in the studio. Thanks, guys. Always fun. Great job. So, yeah, that's that's the Grave Plot Awards, second annual. I had a lot of fun. It was it was fun. Yeah, it's a fun time. Fun, fun stuff. <laughs> we got so drunk. <laughs> Man, I was looking so forward to getting drunk tonight, but like now because I'm sick, I don't know if I want to. Yeah. I probably will anyway, though. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck my body. <laughs> it's a pretty sharp hat you got there. Hey, thanks. Yeah. I got it for Christmas. From your girlfriend's sister, right? Correct. Yeah. Did they put something on the back? No. No? Okay. There was discussion of that. She just said they were talking about putting something on the side. Oh, right. Yeah, I guess. But it added like another $25. Fuck. They don't like me that much. (laughs) Yeah, I was surprised how well that came out. It's a customized Grave Plot podcast ad for those of you at home. Right. I guess we didn't mention (laughs) that. Uh, It's got our logo embroidered, which, which is what surprises me, like how well it turned out. I would have thought it'd be, I don't know, too detailed somehow to get a good embroidery on it. That's what I was worried about with like, because when I was first looking at the site, I was looking at doing the the round secondary logo, but all the text is in the circle. So I didn't know how well that would translate. Yeah. When your girlfriend first asked me about it, like I was trying to toy around with different logos, trying to make them look more hat and embroidery friendly. It just wasn't looking that great. Yeah, I think, like, unless it was, you know, just the shovels or something, or just the word mark like it is, um, I think anything else would have been too too much. Yeah. Well, um... On to the horror business? Yeah. Starting out with real world horror. Oh, you kept this one. I thought you might switch it to that story I sent you. Uh, no, that was, that was too dark. <laughs> it was really dark. Uh, fans of The Walking Dead are very familiar with Lucille. Lucille! 
Um, well, Lucille was detained at the Atlanta airport, uh, according to the TSA's Instagram account. Um, they or they posted a picture of Lucille, and they said this replica of Walking Dead's Lucille was discovered recently in a carry-on bag in Atlanta. The barbed wire is actually made from rubber, and the blood is fake, we hope. However, baseball bats are prohibited from carry-on bags and must be packed in checked luggage. Uh, hashtag TWD, hashtag Negan. We're just glad Lucille wasn't thirsty. Uh, who thought this was going to be okay? I, I don't know. Yeah, when, when can you ever take baseball bats on a plane? Like, for the, like the last 10 years. And, like, even if the, the uh, barbed wire is rubber, like, you know that's going to raise some red flags. Dude, I went through, I, I used to have this necklace that had, um, let's see. Actually, I had two necklaces. One one had a bullet on it. It wasn't a real bullet. Um, and the other was like a little hand grenade. It wasn't a real hand grenade, obviously, because <laughs> it was about the size of a quarter. Um, but TSA made me throw away. Throw them away. Did you throw them away? Well, act- no, no, sorry. I had my carry-on bag, which had my, my laptop and shit in it. Um, and they said I had either had to throw them away or I could stuck, stick them in my... Uh, carry on bag and go check it. So I did that because I wasn't gonna fucking throw my necklaces away. Yeah. So I just had to haul my my fucking laptop and my iPad or not my iPad mm. uh, my iPod. It was that long ago. <laughs> uh, on the f- fucking plane without a bag, such a pain in the ass. Jeez. <laughs> Trying to walk from one end of SeaTac to the other. <sighs> Fun times. Anyway, that's a little different though. A little. <laughs> than carrying a barbed wire wrapped baseball bat. Sure. Covered in blood, fake or not. Yeah. Mainly because I would have a hard time killing anyone with a fake bullet and fake hand grenade. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if you threw it like really, really hard. Like as fast as a bullet might come out of a gun. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, whoever tried to bring a baseball bat on a plane, if you're listening, you're Fucking dumb. Yeah, that sucks for you too because like like people that make replica props, <clears throat> they're like really attached to their work. Like even something as simple as wrapping a baseball bat and barbed wire. Like somebody was probably like heartbroken about that. Well hopefully they didn't have to throw it away or anything and were able to just check it. Oh hopefully. But who knows? I mean, and it, plus it was in Atlanta, so it was probably Negan. ATL. Hotlanta. <laughs> it was probably Negan. I mean, maybe it was Negan. The real Negan. Yes. He's out there. Henry Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> From our thank God category. <laughs> so you know that Tales from the Crypt reboot that Manite was supposed to do? Yep. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's probably not going to happen. That's okay. I mean, it might still happen, but not soon. <laughs> it's currently on hold. Uh, according to a statement from TNT, the underlying rights to this classic vintage property are complicated. 
TNT and others have been pursuing a solution for more than a year with significant progress being made. We look forward to the potential for further active development of this valuable franchise once the clearance process is fully resolved. I assume HBO must have the rights, right? Uh, I think HBO is just like the distributor. I don't think they actually owned the show. Oh. Um, or did the rights revert back to the comic? I kind of doubt that, but I mean, that, that might be actually more what they're dealing with is like the comic book rights, because they said that they'd be, it would be different than the original show. That's true. Like, I mean, it sounded like they weren't even going for like a, like a, a skeletal type Crypt Keeper. It sounded like they were going back to the original Crypt Keeper, which was like an old man in a cloak. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that's what they're having trouble with is the the uh, company that made the maybe that's why HBO went with a different Crypt Keeper. Maybe this that could be they're they're just stingy. Uh, this show was supposed to be part of a new horror block on TNT, which was supposed to include the show's Time of Death and Creatures. Uh, no word on the fate of those shows or the horror block as a whole. They may end up just scrapping the horror block and putting those shows wherever they got free time. Maybe. Uh, I just think it's funny that they started producing this show that they didn't even have the rights to. Yet. I know, right? It's like, that was a little... Presumptuous. presumptuous of you guys that's like like being a sports team and rolling out your logo before you get it approved from the u.s patent office which is what the vegas golden knights of the nhl just did <laughs> and their patent got denied like three days after they <laughs> unveiled their new logo womp, womp. so uh so yeah you're, you're happy about this oh god yes like this was gonna be shit <laughs> like i don't think m night Shyamalan has the ability to make good movies or a good TV show or anything good. I think he is just all kinds of bad. I mean, I haven't seen anything of his recently. I didn't see the visit, uh, but I did hear good things. Split actually looks like it might be pretty good. Oh, with um, McAvoy? Yeah, and Anya Taylor-Joy. She's in that? Yeah. Huh. Well, you yeah, know, Maybe. No, I, I, mean, I, I heard good things about the visit. I just never saw it for myself. I heard a lot of bad things about the visit. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. If he could do something good, then I'll, I'll applaud him for it. But I haven't seen it yet. It just seems like all his movies are like, they're all about the twist. Yeah. It's like he. So he, they're good one time. Yeah. He be, kind of became his own punchline. Yeah. Um. But I mean that like uh um Sixth Sense was awesome. Like even like the first half dozen times you watch it, it's awesome. But then it starts to get kind of dumb. <laughs> Once you start picking out all the like the plot holes and the fact that it's completely reliant on the twist at the end. There are parts of it though that like that lead you to the twist, but you don't know it until you know what the twist is. Yeah. Um, and then you know a lot of people like the village. I thought it was shit. I I don't know. I thought the village was okay, but I didn't like the twist. Yeah, like for me, it was kind of so what. <laughs> yeah, 
It's like there are Amish people that live that way too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looks like Tales from the Crypt was produced by both EC Comics and HBO. So, oh, so they didn't have a problem. Guess not. Hmm. Oh. Well, we'll see what happens. Maybe that maybe it'll still move forward. I mean, by the sound of this statement, they're clearly trying to still move forward with it. They haven't haven't put it in the can yet. Right. In the can. <laughs> Poop. <laughs> Butt sex. What? Oh, in the can. Oh, okay. In the can. I was thinking the can is a toilet. You went can. You went, you went a different way. Yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> we have creative differences. <laughs> So despite his greatest efforts, you guys may remember that Brian Fuller lost the battle with trying to get Hannibal renewed or moved to a different network, uh, much to the chagrin of all the fans. Um, that still confuses me how a show that could be doing so well would get canceled. Yeah. And uh, they said that like the numbers were bad, but it was like everybody fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I never got that into it. Like I watched it. I liked it. I enjoyed it, but it was never like... Oh my god, I have to watch Hannibal. Yeah, I watched like an episode. See, I think I watched like a season and a half, maybe. Did you? Yeah. Anyway, so in a interview with Blumhouse Blumhouse's Houses Shockwaves podcast. God, Blumhouse has podcast now too? A host by Ryan Turek. Oh. Okay. Um he said we hope you can st- we hope that something can be worked out where we will continue telling Hannibal Lecter stories and see the silence of the lambs in the way that the book hasn't been represented. Uh, I think the film ad- adaptation is a perfect film, but there's a lot of interesting nooks and crannies in that book to explore in a television series. I sure. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> argue with him. I haven't read the book, so um, I. <sighs> Were, were any of the the, the books slash stories incorporated into the TV show? You know, I don't know. Okay, I believe like it's mostly based like it's based a lot on Red Dragon, isn't it? That's the impression that I got, but I didn't know if like the actual Red Dragon story was in the show or not. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, I don't recall ever seeing the Tooth Fairy in it, but like I said, I only watched like a season and a half. There were what four seasons. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, we know a lot about the show. Yeah. We do our research. Um, he said that, uh, he envisions Hannibal's future stories being told in the form of a six to eight episode miniseries. I could buy that. Yeah. That's probably doable. I don't see why not. If somebody wants it, anyway. So that would be like the Silence of the Lambs story, right? I would guess, um, but I mean, you know, you're talking about like, well, I mean, like six to eight hours. That's probably enough, I guess. Because I mean, like, you know, they made a two-hour film about the book, and now he's saying that there's more to it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, I guess, if you were to do like a six to eight-hour miniseries, 
You could probably cover it pretty well. I would think so. Yeah. At least the vast majority of it. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you think of something like <laughs> It, or it was what, like a... That was 10, 10 hours, wasn't it? It? No. Well, 10 hours. It was like three and a half, three, it was either three or four, I can't remember. Oh. But, I mean... Was it 10 half-hour episodes? I don't think so. I think it was just... For some reason, I thought it was 10 episodes. I think it was like a two-episode miniseries. Mm. Like either an hour and a half or two hours each. Hmm. I don't know where you're getting the 10 hours. I don't either. Maybe I'm thinking something that's really long. Nobody would watch that. <laughs> um, it was two VHS tapes. I know that. It was two... two, two Half our listeners are going, what the fuck is a VHS tape? <laughs> They're very little. Little babies. What? Oh, oh the listeners. people. Oh, I like my VHF tapes. I was like, no, they were they were huge. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, do, do you know the uh, the last manufacturer of VCRs stopped making them this year? I didn't know they still did. Oh, yeah. There was, there was one, like, Japanese or, or Chinese company. I can't remember. Um, they were still making them. And they stopped earlier this year, 2016, I should say. Probably for the best. Probably not selling a great deal of them. Well, shit, if you like, uh, when I learned that news about a week ago, um, I went and looked. VCR, VCRs are going for like fucking 300 or $500. What? Like brand new VCRs? Yeah. Could probably go buy one at the pawn shop for five bucks. Yeah. Probably and turn around and sell it for $300. Fuck you, people. <laughs> but no, I mean, like like I said, these are like brand new ones. Oh. Not ones from 10 years ago. Oh, I thought maybe it was like hipsters buying them. I I had like this one tape that I really wanted to get converted to digital because I didn't want it to. Was it the Christmas tape? It was the Christmas tape. There we go with the goddamn Christmas tape again. I wasn't going to get into it, but, <laughs> you know. You Everyone knew what you were talking about. <laughs> I think or I told my dad about that and. Because I have his like converter pod thing, thing that you plug. Oh, the converter pod, of course. You know the commu- you know the converter pod. It's <laughs> a converter pod. It's it's a little jack thing that you 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 plug USB cord into one end and you stick it in your computer, and the other end has RCA cables. Uh, that you plug into the VCR, and then it does the digital conversion. Technology. <laughs> Living in the future, folks. This yeah, is this, 2017 technology. This thing, yeah, this thing's probably like 10 years old. <laughs> so it's probably a little more advanced now. <laughs> actually, I'm pretty sure they have VCRs that actually do the converting for you now. But anyway, I was telling my dad about it. It's probably, it's probably like a wireless thing now. You just put it on like a pad. <laughs> right. And then the next thing you know, there's just a DVD there. It just reads the tape. Then you open the pad, and there's a DVD inside. Right. Which is weird, because you didn't even put in a blank disc. It's just, <laughs> it's just fabricated. It, it makes the disc. It, it, it 3D, 3D prints the disc. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We're still talking about this. Um, uh, the biggest creative change Fuller would bring to a potential science miniseries is that Will Graham wasn't part of Harris's original novel. So how do you cover the novel while also incorporating a new character that you made up? 
I don't know. Like, I mean, um, J- uh, Jack. The, the fish? Yeah. Well, Jack something. I can't. Jack fish. Jack fish. Jack the fish. And, you know, Claire Starling. They were the. I mean, Clarice. Clarice Starling. Hello, Clarice. Um, they're obviously the, the main characters of the of Silence of the Lambs. And Will Graham was Red Dragon. Sorry, my thoughts are just collapsing on my themselves. My brain no worky good. Jack Crawford. Crawford, that's what it is. That that's that is the name of which he has. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. My fucking sinuses are squishing my brain right now. <laughs> I can't even think straight. This year's off to a bang up start, dude. Fuck don't get colds at the end of the year. It sucks. Like there's so much going on and you just don't want to get sick. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever wants to get sick. Well, no, but there are certain times when it's like more convenient to get sick than others. Sure. Kind of like around Christmas time and New Year's. But you're sitting here telling people don't get sick. Like they could just be like, sickness be gone. <laughs> uh, Anyways, so if they want to make a Silence of Lambs miniseries, I'll probably watch it. Otherwise, I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Whatevs. There's been talk of a Gremlins sequel or reboot or something for, I don't know, years probably? Ages. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Zach Galligan says to Bleeding Cool, he says that there will never be a remake, there will never be a reboot, there will only be a sequel. Which is fine to say, (laughs) but... Eventually, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Dante is going to die. Chris Columbus is going to die. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is going to die. And then people are just going to do whatever they want. And then people are going to go, oh, well, here's some rights. <laughs> I found these. <laughs> these. These are mine now. <laughs> I didn't let's, see anybody's name on them. Let's make some CGI gremlins. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> but for now, as far as a, a sequel goes... He says that it's the same people and they tend to work the same way. There is a huge time gap, but it's Warner Brothers, Spielberg and Chris Columbus. Now, Chris Columbus didn't have anything to do with Gremlins 2 because by his own admission, he didn't see a franchise, which I don't know how you could watch the first one and not immediately think franchise. But that was I, I don't think that was on people's minds back then. I suppose you're probably right. I mean, that the, or wasn't on studios minds, I should say. Not as much anyway. Now it's like they make a movie specifically to try and make it a franchise. Exactly. Uh, He goes on to say that Chris Columbus kind of regrets it because it was one and done and he didn't care for Gremlins 2 and the direction some of the characters went in. So now he's kind of wrestled control back. Apparently he's been, quote, aggressively working on Gremlins 3 that takes place in the present day. All right. All right. Um, uh, What's his face? Billy. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. Um, hasn't 
Phoebe Cates like retired from acting? Has she? I don't know. I thought she had. I can't think of anything I've seen her in recently. But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think ma'am, maybe this would bring her out. I don't know. Uh, he does say there will be some new characters and some old characters. They have a writer on board, which is uh, Carl Ellsworth, who wrote Red Eye and Disturbia. Uh-huh. And the remake of Red Dawn. Uh-huh. So, you know. Uh, one of the ideas for Gremlins 2 that was rejected was Gremlins in Vegas. Go to Vegas. That's like almost as bad as going to space. <laughs> it's like I were starting to jump the shark, but we're not quite there yet. Apparently they went, they ran with that idea for 18 months before it was finally rejected because they thought it was going to be too expensive. <laughs> like maybe it wouldn't be too expensive if you hadn't wasted 18 months. <laughs> right. And also in this interview, he talks about how uh, Clamp from Gremlins 2 was apparently based on Donald Trump. I'm going to clamp him. <laughs> Futurama. No, I got it. <laughs> That's not who we're talking about. You got it because I told you. <laughs> clamp and a clamp, clamp. All right, clamps. Yeah, he was based on Donald Trump. Fascinating. Got it totally wrong because clamp wasn't completely reprehensible. Right. Just a little bit. And he was kind of a cool guy at the end, sort of. Yeah, I mean, he, like, brought the police. He didn't actually do anything himself, but, like, he called the cops. Didn't he give them all jobs? Hand jobs. Ha ha! <laughs> that guy that plays Clamp, he's such a creep. <laughs> I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I was watching Scrooge uh, a couple days before Christmas. I watched Scrooge on Christmas Eve. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, the character he plays in that, he's such a fucking jackass. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, yeah, apparently he's a mix of Trump and Ted Turner. Ted Turner, I'll buy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he brought up this Gremlins in Vegas, if he's trying to say that could be what part three is. I don't know. You know, they thought about doing this one, so maybe... Maybe we're going to Vegas. Maybe he just really wants to go to Vegas. <laughs> Road trip. It's like that Lonely Island song where they're singing about going to Japan. Japan. <laughs> Throw it in the river. <laughs> uh, but he says Warner Brothers definitely wants it. Chris Columbus wants to do it because he'd like to undo the Gremlins 2 thing, as he calls it, <sighs> as he wasn't thrilled with it. That's like, you know, humans worked on that. Like real people worked on that movie. <laughs> you worked on that, Zach. <laughs> You were in that. <laughs> Gremlins thing. Gremlins two thing. Um, and Spielberg wants to do it, I imagine, because he's Spielberg, and why wouldn't he want to do it? <laughs> what the fuck else is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Galligan. Whatever you say. What are you doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> I think he wasn't in like a uh, Sasquatch movie recently. Was he? I don't know. I think he might have been Night Beast, I think it was called. I know he was here in Seattle, Washington for Crypticon. Yeah, we didn't talk to him. No. There's a lot of people. There was a lot of people. He was wearing a Seahawks hoodie. That was cool. It was weird. Is, is he from here? I don't think so. Maybe I'm thinking of Jeffrey Combs. Is Jeffrey Combs from here? Yeah. Well, he went to college here. Oh, that's right. Uh, born United States of America. Good. That boy. <laughs> good, old, good old country boy. <laughs> uh, New York City. 
New York City. Pace Picante. Yep. Chunky. <laughs> yep. So, what do you think? Gremlins 3. Yes? No? Thumbs sure. up? Thumbs down? Yeah, why not? I love Gremlins. Gremlins 2 was okay. I watch it. So They tried to, like, up the ante with the Gremlins. It was like, this one's got fucking bat wings. That, that fucking thing was so terrifying when I was a kid. Wasn't there one that was like a half rat, too, or something? Uh, I don't remember. It's It's been... It's, it's been ages since we've seen this. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the bat one and the one that was seeing New York, New York. It was great. Great stuff. And those creepy ginger twins are in Terminator. Terminator 2. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> so what, what would be your pitch? For for Gremlins three, fuck I don't know. Um, I mean Galligan does. He mentions that he's not attached yet. He's so, got to be. I mean, you would think, right? Or at least involved in some way. Maybe maybe that's how you keep it fresh. I don't know. Go go with a different story. Step away from Billy. You at least got to have him in there, though. Like even if even if it's like about like him and Phoebe's kids. I was wondering if, like, or thinking maybe, like, he, he's not the main character, but, like, maybe there's a Gremlins outbreak and he sees it on the news and he comes to help or something. Yeah. I mean, Bleeding Cool, when talking to him, they talked about Sheriff Billy Peltzer, divorced father of two in a small town, which I, I don't know why they made him divorced unless... Or don't. sheriff. Yeah, or sheriff for that better. Wasn't he like a graphic designer? He worked at a bank in the first one. In, in the first one, that was, yeah, he you know, had a bank job in his hometown. But then I'm pretty sure he was a graphic designer at, like, at Clamp Industries. Was it Clamp Industries? I can't remember. I think so. I need to watch it again. I, I don't remember a whole lot about it. Me neither. Anyway, but uh, I'm on board for this. The fact that they said divorced makes me think that Phoebe won't be in it. Probably. Which again, I think I think she's retired from acting. But I don't know for sure. Some people you just can't bring out of retirement. All I really need is someone like Phoebe. Someone to excite my no. Yep. Excite my fantasy. And every night I dream that she is here with me. And I will be the only one for her. And I'm... Okay. We're we're not going to do this. (laughs) People are going to start turning the show off. But we were just about to harmonize. It was just going to get good. (laughs) Uh, That's it for horror business. Yeah, that's all. That's all the horror business. You may remember last episode we talked about how we're not going to stick to a strict five story uh format format anymore yeah which is going to be like a relief on us i think yeah and probably on you because now you don't have to listen to talk about two more stories that we really don't give a shit about yeah like lucille being (laughs) at the the airport that one slipped through the cracks we needed a real world horror story 
Yeah, one that wasn't like so depressing that it might make you cry. <laughs> yeah. That one was fucking demented. That was. I didn't want to talk about that because I didn't want to make jokes. That's, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, so, from here, we'll move on to our film reviews. Okay, so I watched both of these movies while I was ill uh, and, like, barely conscious. So we're going to see how this goes. Sweet. <laughs> so you may have, like, remember a bunch of stuff that didn't even actually happen. Oh, uh, maybe. You I just had, like, a fever dream and thought it was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as usual, I'll let you pick. Which one do you want to start with? Well, before before we start that, there's one thing I want to say is uh, there's an old adage that I tend to believe if you want like a genuinely creepy horror movie, which is less is more. One of these movies proves that right. And one of it, well, not proves it wrong, but one shows how to do that. And the other is how not to do that. <laughs> uh, let's start with Abattoir. Ten years before I took over the ownership, there was a nasty home invasion. Let's go! A husband and wife killed. In your house? More specifically, in the hallway. And the hallway was gone. Half a dozen properties bought and sold over a 50-year span. Each one purchased. After a tragic event occurred in the house. Who buys a house and cuts the entire crime scene out of it? I'll listen to closing papers. Jebediah Crone. I'm getting too close to this one. Scared me. I had that effect on people. After you, my lady. You might know the person I'm trying to find. Jebediah Crone. Will you follow me, children? Sacrificing that man gave a cripple the ability to walk. Oh, Jesus. Jebediah Crone had been to hell. And he brought that with him. So Abattoir is the story of a woman. A lady. What is her name? Uh, Julie. Julia. Ju- Julia. Julia or Juliet? One of them. It's definitely one of those two. 
Uh, they call her Jules, so it's you know it's one of those, right? The family Jules. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Please don't ever do that again. Uh, I was just I thought we were doing a thing. <laughs> thought it was a bit. <laughs> uh, Julia, yeah, and she she's a reporter, and she is stuck in the fifties. I would say more forties. Sure. I kind of I I love that look though. Yeah, I mean it's a very popular look, but there was a point in the movie where I wasn't sure what time it was supposed to take place. Like right at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Because like her boss is also you know he wears a suit and suits are just timeless. Yeah. But she you know she does her hair up in a very forties fifties style. She dresses very forties fifties style. She, she drives an old car. Mm. And it really wasn't until I saw the the detective's car. That I finally realized, okay, this is present day. Yeah, even he like and the like when he first shows up, he's wearing a leather jacket and a fedora. Yeah, um, and then played by Joe Anderson, right? And the the their exchange, it's like really, hey, like, doll face. Yeah, exactly that kind of thing. <laughs> um, the, just like these really quick snarky things that they they say back back forth to each other, and um. That was furthering, like, oh, I thought this, or I thought this movie was current day, but it looks more like it's in like the late forties, early fifties. Yeah, you know, Joe Anderson, I, I like him as an actor, but there are times when he is so fucking hard to understand. Really? Yeah. I no, not for me. Because yeah. he's Australian, he's English? English. Yeah. And so when he does an American accent, it's and he's and he just has this really deep voice. Mm-hmm. And so at times I find him very hard to understand. But apparently that's just me. Yeah, English. Yeah, I thought his American accent was pretty good in this one. Like, no, I mean he does a good accent. He he doesn't, you know, he doesn't let the the British accent slip. It's just, I think it's a combination of his voice being so deep, and him covering an accent. I think it just makes him hard to understand for me. Could be. But I like him. I think he's a good actor. Yeah, and uh, good. Jessica Lowndes, Lowndes, probably Lowndes, who plays Julia. She is fit. She's she's a cutie. She's she's a cutie pie. <laughs> <laughs> so she, like I said, she's this reporter, but she she really wants to write crime. Yeah, but she's on the real estate, <laughs> right? Which I did as about as far from crime as you can get. I wouldn't have thought that that would be a profession, a real estate journalist. Yeah, you would think for a newspaper at least, right? Like a blog, maybe. Yeah, but like, wouldn't mo- is the most of that done in like the classified section? Well, I guess I don't really know what a real estate journalist would be. I mean, aside from like writing about how the housing market is now or, you know, are interest rates going up or down? Yeah, but can you really do that every week? Exactly. I don't... I don't know. I'm not in the news biz, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, her sister and nephew get murdered and... Clapped up. Her sister's husband doesn't, but is never seen from again. Her sister's husband doesn't. They never mention him getting killed. The, the whole time she's talking about her sister and her nephew got killed. I think probably because he was just kind of 
side note for her. My sister and my nephew and that other guy all got killed. <laughs> the guy that lived with them. Her roommate. <laughs> I just thought it was weird that they like didn't make a big deal about him dying. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so yeah, they get killed. They get. They, they kind of didn't really make a big deal about the boy either. It was mainly just her sister. Yeah. Which I mean plays into the 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 plot. Did they ever say what was wrong with the boy? Not specifically. They no. kept he, saying he was sick and he was getting treatment and on medicine. Yeah, he's on a, waiting for a transplant of some kind. They never said exactly what no what the issue was. Okay. At least if they did, I didn't catch it. I didn't either. So leads me to think that they didn't. But we're kind of dumb. We are kind of dumb. Ugh. Um. So this this movie is actually based on a comic book. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. I read that there was a prequel to this. Yes. But in in the um, credits, it also said based on the graphic novel. Oh. Well, how about that? How about that? How about you How about you So she tries to develop her non-existent crime writing into becoming a detective now. Right. And turns out that oh by the way, Joe Anderson oh, we talked about he we said he was a detective. Never mind. Um Grady. Yes. So they sell her sister's house and in like what they say, five days. Yeah, or something some ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. Somebody buys it and they completely rip the room where they were killed out of the house. Yeah. Yeah, and her biggest thing or well not her biggest thing, but What's really confusing the shit out of her is that she knew nothing about it. You'd think that she'd be like next to Ken, and so she might have an inkling of an idea what's going on. Yeah, but like the house was bought and closed on, like it passed through escrow and everything. It's completely transferred ownership already within like a week. Yeah, so she was just, and then of course, yeah, like you said, she goes in, the room is missing, <laughs> which is like. I, I don't know much about carpentry or construction, <laughs> but it seems uh, really hard to do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of looked like what they did is they basically just took all the furniture and shit out and like ripped out the drywall to the studs. Yeah. But so she goes to the real estate agent and says, what the fuck is going on? He tells her that, you know, this has happened before. And he says, for, you know, if you ask anybody about this, they'll give you three stories just like it. And it's always the same story that just days after a tragedy, this old man comes, he buys the house over face value and rips out the room where the tragedy happened. Yeah. Nobody ever sees him again. I'm just saying, like, that was kind of like the, 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 feeling that was given is that he, he swoops in, buys his house, and then disappears again. But he keeps reappearing when he buys new houses, so it's like how's nobody been able to track him down? <laughs> yeah. And all he ever gives him is just his garden. Right. With a phone number on it. Which, doesn't he have to sign something? Like One would think. Yeah, and there's a phone number on it. Like, why can't they track him down that way? 
Yeah, the phone number's got to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe they could like call him and say, hey, could you come sign this thing you forgot to sign? Right. Or explain to me how you bought my sister's house so quickly. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I just want to know. <laughs> I mean, if he just like dropped a briefcase full of money, I guess it doesn't really, doesn't, doesn't need escrow then, does it? Well, no, you, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a piece of property that you have to legally transfer. Like you have to transfer title and all that shit and taxes and all that, all that stuff. You can't just well, yeah. drop a briefcase full of cash and say, mine now. <laughs> it's mine's now. <laughs> um, yeah. So she tracks this guy down to her hometown of new English. Right. And, uh, never really explained where that, like this whole movie is, Ge- geographically ambiguous. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's times where it seems like maybe L.A. or New York or, you know, somewhere further south, like maybe like Virginia or something. See, I, f- I felt like it was very New England, but that could just be because New English sounds so much like New England. Yeah. It was all filmed in Louisiana. Was it? Yeah. Nolens. I guess that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, so they find this guy, uh, Jebediah Crone, who is the old man, and he just, he's he says he's building a house, but they're really just these rooms in the middle of the woods, just scattered about. <laughs> and then uh, then things get really weird. She, uh, she goes through one of the doors, and all of a sudden she's at this house, built from all these tragedies. Yeah. And... Uh, he basically says, you know, you're, you can go have a reunion with your sister inside, but you have to go in of your own free will. Yeah. And then a bunch of shit goes bonkers. Yeah. This is, that's the point when the movie starts to get very 13, 13 ghosts, very 13 ghosts, which I kept expecting like the whole movie. I was like, this is going to be so much like 13 ghosts at some point. Yeah. Well, it's like the thing about it is like the whole thing premise of this movie is that this guy's stealing rooms from from homes and putting them into this giant monstrosity of a house to create a haunted house and like i can't remember if you actually mentioned this but all the rooms are the rooms where murders have taken place or yeah. something tragic some tra- yeah tragic death um and yeah, he's assembling into these houses or into this house, but like, you never, you don't actually see the house until fuck, the movie's almost out, over. Yeah, and the house doesn't seem to actually exist on like a physical plane. It did kind of seem that way, didn't it? Because it was like I said, it was just these rooms scattered about throughout the forest, and it wasn't until she went through one of these haunted doorways that she actually was able to encounter the house assembled was that what i, I thought that it was kind of like uh like disneyland where they have kind of a theme <laughs> while you're waiting in line <laughs> before you get to the <laughs> like a holding area yeah <laughs> i don't think so but i've been wrong before it's true you have been wrong <laughs> i don't know though it didn't really th- there were a lot of things that went kind of unexplained in this yeah his uh his whole reasoning is a little thin yeah um that was something that i never really picked up on the entire movie like i still don't know why he was making this house 
I mean, I figured it out, but it's literally like the last scene kind of explains it. And I can explain it to you off mic, so it's not a spoiler. But. Okay. Yeah, I was I was very... I mean, I was watching it, and it's like, okay, I understand what's happening on screen. I just don't know why. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot, like a lot of, like I said, a lot of things that were just very thinly held together. Like, and like I said, with everybody that came to the house, he was like, you have to enter of your own free will. Yeah. But they never really explained why. Right. Like, why can't he just be like, get your ass in there? <laughs> Well, it's like, it, it may seem like a, a small thing, but I think it was a, a good example of, of the other things that were kind of overlooked. It's like, Julia, she takes off from wherever she lives um, to this place, New English, which presumably is about six to eight hours away from wherever she lives. Um, and... She she meets up with Lynn Shay, right? And she's just some old lady. And she's all like, la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> "Oh, kingpin, that will never not be funny." <laughs> but Lynn Shay Im- invites her to, or what was her name, Allie? Um, I think so. Um, invites her to to stay with her, like offers her a bed and a place to stay. Um, and then Grady shows up. And she's like, how did you find me? It's like, are you kidding me? I'm a cop. It's like, okay. But it's like, there's no cell phone service. They already covered that. Like, New English has no cell service. She didn't have any kind of GPS. He wasn't following her. All he did, he said, I've been trying to call you for six hours. And did anyone, did she she tell anyone where she was going? No. That's the thing. Nobody knew where she was going. Nobody had any way to track her. But he found her because he's a fucking cop. <laughs> Apparently, he's like a Native American <laughs> tracker. Because <laughs> yeah. he managed to track her probably across states <laughs> to wherever for, she ended up. For no real reason. No. Like, don't you have a job? Shouldn't you be, like, busting criminals or something? Right. So just, like, following this girl like a puppy? <laughs> it's like, don't you have a caseload or something, dude? Um... Yeah, but just stuff like that. That it wasn't like super detrimental to the plot or the development of the of, of the story, but it's just like it was stuff that was overlooked, and it kind of seemed it, it made parts of the story kind of thin, yeah, and a little unbelievable. And you know, like the the third act of this movie is like such a tonal shift, but the third act is kind of what you sign up for. Yeah. The third, the third act is what I was expecting for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Cause the first two acts are kind of like this mystery. Yeah. Like a crime drama almost. And then the third act is when it really starts to get supernatural. Yeah. And you have these ghosts in this house that just, they just relive their deaths over and over and over again. Right. And it's like kind of haunted mansion. <laughs> I didn't like how the ghosts looked. I didn't either. They were kind of like, vapor spectrally yeah yeah or yeah they just they basically looked like almost looked like something you'd see in like a haunted attraction of some kind where like they, the haunted mansion <laughs> sure where they like cast a big puff of smoke and the projected image onto it yeah that's kind of how it looked and it was like really hard to 
to pick out what was even happening or that sometimes even that they were people. Yeah, that's true. I did think the effects were pretty cool though. Like maybe, you know, maybe the, the look of them wasn't what I would pick go with, but I think they were well done. Yeah, sure. A little too CGI, but yeah. Um, and I thought the look of the house was really cool. Yeah, it did look cool. I mean, even though that was CGI too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you never really get like uh, a feeling of the full scope of the house, at least from the inside. I mean, Julia and Grady go in separately and this kind of lends credence to the fact that you say it doesn't really exist on any natural plane of existence because they go into this house through the same door and it seems like they can't quite find each other. Yeah. It's like they get lost in the house in different areas, but I don't know. Like it seems like each room isn't connected to the next room the same way for every person. Yeah, could be. And I, I may just be making that up in my head. I don't know. It's just that's how it seemed to me. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like he was, you know, following her, but he was going through different rooms. Right. I thought the acting was good. Yeah. The, uh, the guy who plays uh, Crone, he, he's genuinely creepy. Yeah. And I, I've seen him in other things. I uh, can't. Dayton Callie. Yeah. I can't. I, I I know his face, and I know I've seen him in other things, but I can't think of what. Uh, Sons of Anarchy. Was he a cop? I don't know. Or sheriff or something? Devil's Carnival. Halloween 2. The Rob Zombie one. I figured. Devil's Carnival 2. Hmm. Deadwood. I think I think probably Sons of Anarchy is what I'm thinking of. I remember I think I'm recalling him being like a sheriff or a cop of some kind. Anyway, <clears throat> um, yeah, everybody did a good job acting. Just feels like the story was very convoluted. Yeah, and like unnecessarily so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like if it, it wouldn't come across quite as convoluted had there been some more attention paid to those little tiny details about the about the plot. Yeah, um, probably. Uh, I don't know. Again, I was sick. So. <laughs> it's like the whole time and after it was over, I'm like sitting there I'm like that didn't make any sense. <laughs> I hope it doesn't actually make sense. Otherwise, we have to rewatch this whole damn thing. No, it doesn't. It's a little confusing. Yeah, a little convoluted. Um, things I liked. I like the acting. I think it looked very nice. Yeah. Um, I think that it was directed well. It's directed by Darren Lynn Bousman. Right. Um, who I sort of met. <laughs> not really. I kind of looked at who him. You saw in person yeah. one time. <laughs> I was too scared to ask him who he was. <laughs> You probably like ducked behind a bookshelf or something. <laughs> well, okay, 
I was standing right next to him, and I keep fucking like giving him like some side eye. I, I know that guy. I swear I know that guy. And then I never said anything. He was like, this dude keeps checking me out. <laughs> he likes what he sees. It's funny. I talked about it on Twitter, and he responded to it. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I think I said something like I just saw Daryl Lynn Bousman, and I didn't say anything to him. He's like, where did you see me? I'm like, eh, dark delicacies. I was that guy that kept looking at, it, at you like you're... I think I said it like I was that guy that kept looking at you like he might know you but wasn't sure. Uh, yeah. And he was like, you should have said hi. I don't bite. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, it's like I, I wouldn't have been able to just say hi because I would have had to be like, excuse me, are you somebody that I would know? <laughs> <laughs> you have one of those faces. Aren't you that guy? <laughs> Oh my God! You're 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 you're. Do you know who you are? <laughs> Celebrities love it when you say that. <laughs> but I just think the story was a little, little too much, and uh, I think it could have been simplified and probably been more successful. Yeah. Apparently, a sequel has already been announced. Right. It'll be called Abattoirs. <laughs> Abattoirs. <laughs> Um. So yeah, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I've talked enough. All right. Um, I'm gonna give it a four. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, I just found myself like wondering why things were happening and I don't feel like I should feel that way when watching a movie. Fair enough. Unless it's like supposed to be like this you know big reveal or something and you're like what? And then all of a sudden it gets explained. But the movie was over and I was like wait no what? You're you're like what? (laughs) I was like what? No I was like "Uh, I don't understand there's so many I still have questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um I thought it was fine. I mean, like like you said, I mean, it, it was people acted well. It was directed well. It was shot well. Um, the story was kind of leaving something to be desired. Um, but, I mean, aside from that, it, w- it wasn't too bad. It wasn't that great either, but... Um, I mean, I think a four is saying that, like, it's worth a watch, but, you know, not worth going out of your way for. Yeah. I think I'll give it a five. I mean, you know, right. It's 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 fine. Go ahead and watch it. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. What do I care? You do you. <laughs> Next on the slate is a movie that actually just came out, what, a few weeks ago, right? I think so. Yeah. The Autopsy of Jane Doe. This is the autopsy of an unidentified female, henceforth known as Jane Doe. This autopsy will be conducted in four stages, beginning with an external evaluation, followed by an internal evaluation, the heart and lungs. One thing's for sure, you're not going anywhere. 
Hey, Dad. I think we should get out of here. Everybody has a secret. All right, so the Jane, Autopsy of Jane Doe is a movie directed by Troll Hunter <laughs> director Andre Uvredal. Pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Or Uvredal. Sure. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> well, it's like I, I wasn't sure how to pronounce that letter. <laughs> the one that looks like a zero? Yeah. <laughs> So I, I went, I typed in his name, or I went to Google, and I said, how do you pronounce Andre Uverda? <laughs> and it came back with this website where somebody had asked the same question. <laughs> and it, it's like a website where you ask how to pronounce something, and somebody will actually record how you pronounce it, like actually physically, like record their voice saying it. Oh. And this the girl that did it was from Norway, I believe. And... uh she said, Uverdal. Is that where they where he, he is from? Uh, I want to say Norway or Sweden. I must be Yiddish plumber. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so uh, this movie's about um, Austin and Tommy Tilden, father and son team of morticians. Um, it was weird because it seemed like they're like the official medical examiner's for this county that they live in in Virginia, right? Uh, Pennsylvania, I believe. Was it? No, because they kept saying it was New England. Well, they had Pennsylvania license plates. Did they? Yeah. Why am I thinking it was Virginia? I don't know. Whatever. No, it wasn't New England because they said up north was New England. So it was somewhere south of New England. Right. Is Pennsylvania not New England? Okay. <laughs> I have those northeast states, I always get them mixed up. Anyway, regardless of where it is, it's not important. But they... they it's somewhere south of New England. Yeah, they operate... Florida. <laughs> they operate um, their business. It's a family business that I think Tommy's father started, right? Or did it say? I don't remember them saying. Where am I getting this shit? <laughs> it's like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> but they operate out of uh, this fucking cavernous basement, basement below their house. Was it uh, below their house? I think so. Oh, yeah. okay. Or unless it was maybe a mortuary, but it, it looked like a house. Um, Every time he would say his name, I thought he was saying Tommy Two-Tone. <laughs> Well, Tommy's played by Brian Cox, and Austin's played by uh, Emil Hirsch. Um, and, you know, they're all doing American accents. Like, e- Emil Hirsch, I'm pretty sure, is the only American in this movie, but they're all doing is American accents. Is his first accents. name again? Emil? Or Emil? I was going to say, I thought it was Emil. Doesn't. It's same thing. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> was it the same thing? I'm going to start calling you Tunny. <laughs> say it's the same thing. That's not right. <laughs> I know it's not right. I've always heard it pronounced Emil. I've always heard it pronounced Emil. I don't think it matters. I'm, it probably matters to him. 
Well, maybe you should write him a letter and ask. Maybe I will. Good. Hit him up on Twitter. That's how the kids are doing things nowadays. <laughs> Slide into his DMs. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, Brian Cox, uh, Ophelia Lovabond, Lovibond. By the way, can I just say that Brian Cox is fucking great? He's awesome. Everything. Everything he's in, he's awesome. Yeah. He never does a bad job. Exactly. He's so good. Uh, I mean, the, the the girl that plays Austin's girlfriend, the sheriff, um, even Jane Doe herself, none of them are American. But well, Jane all, Doe doesn't do an accent. No, she doesn't. Or actually... You know, On account of being dead. She, she was Spoiler dead. alert. Uh, Jane Doe actually may be American. I don't know. Or Irish. Could be. Could Unimportant. be one or the other. I just thought it was funny that all these people are doing American accents. It's like, why don't you just put this in the UK somewhere? <laughs> it doesn't have to be America. Wait, is Emil Hirsch English? He, no, he's American. Oh, okay. But he's like the only one. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> Wait, Brian Cox isn't American? No, oh, dude. Really? He's Irish. <laughs> wow. I've like, I, I don't think I've ever heard him not doing an, an American accent. Oh, sorry. He's Scottish. Well, they don't like it when you mess those up. <laughs> um, no, he, he does a pretty good American accent. You could, if you're, if you catch it, you can hear him slip on a few things. Oh, but um, anyway, so yeah, like I said, they're father, father, son, paramorticians, um, and they are presented with the body of a Jane Doe, um. The, the the body was found in the basement of a house where two people were just murdered, and like that. I mean, the cops were there for the murder, or the, the the double homicide, um, and they just so happened to find this half buried body in the basement. <laughs> um, so they bring the 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 sheriff brings this Jane Doe to Tommy and Austin. So hey, well, I need you guys to figure out what the fuck is going on here because I can tell the press, oh yeah, this is a double homicide where it's under investigation. What I can't explain is why there's a half buried body in the basement. So I need you to work on this, figure out why she died right now. Yeah. So Austin, when this happens, was on his way out to date night with his girlfriend who has, who has a really morbid curiosity about yeah. things. She was like, can I see it? Yeah, she... <laughs> not the D. Can I touch it? <laughs> she wanted to see one of the dead bodies in, in like, one of the cooling cabinets. Yeah. Um, and, uh... Tommy's like, yeah. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and Austin is one of those bitches where he, he's like, oh, I better not. My dad won't <laughs> like it. And his dad's like, I don't care a shit. Do it. <laughs> he's like, oh... <laughs> So he pulls it out, and it's like this <laughs> again, dead body, not the D. <laughs> is, is he pulls out this body? It's under a sheet, and she says, "Why is this under a sheet?" Tommy's like, "Well, because he took a gun and blew his face off. <laughs> there wasn't really." Or she, she said, "Why did you cover his face? Right. This is not much of a face left." Right. 
<laughs> and you can like see the sheet like sinking into this, yeah. this cavern in the face in his face. <laughs> um anyway, so Austin tells his girlfriend, look, I need help my dad do this. We're gonna it's probably just gonna be a couple couple hours, quick in and out thing. Um and then we'll again, not the D. Not the D. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll meet up later for the for, D. <laughs> for movies and drinking a little party. He does that little dance. Yep. This pee pee dance. <laughs> the D dance. <laughs> um we'll so do a little dance. Huh? Make a little love. Probably get down tonight. Right. So Tommy and Austin get to work. Right off the bat, it's a pretty standard um, autopsy. The autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, he said it. <laughs> Do they ever? Sh- yes, they do. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Turns on the camera and says, this is the autopsy of Jane Doe in four parts. Bah, bah, bah. Science stuff. <laughs> um, they start with just a simple outside examination and they notice that her eyes are clouded over her tongue's been cut out and her wrists and ankles have all been shattered and one of her molars is missing one of her molars is missing yeah um but no outer trauma right bruising no bleeding no cuts and that's what's kind of befuddling austin is that like her wrists and and ankles could be totally shattered but they're like yeah no no bruising or swelling of any kind and pretty much this whole time, Tommy's just like, eh. <laughs> he repeatedly says, oh, I've seen it before. Right. <laughs> like, when he does the why. Everything's such old hat. Yeah. Everything's old hat with him. It's like, well, yeah, it's, I've seen that before. It's no big deal. Yeah. When he does the why incision in the chest, and she starts to bleed like she's a living body. Yeah. And Austin's like, oh, they're not supposed to do that. Like, oh, no shit. <laughs> I didn't even read. Exactly, like I like audibly was like no shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I've never taken a, more than a fucking high school anatomy class, and I think I know that. Um, but <laughs> fucking Tommy's like, uh, I've seen it I've seen that before. <laughs> he's like, but usually only in fresh bodies, and they've already decided that she's been dead week for weeks because what? Because her eyes were clouded over. Yeah, well, he said her eyes being clouded over meant either that she went blind like shortly before she died. Or that she had been dead for a while. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, but there was no rigor mortis. Right. No rigor mortis and no decomposition of any kind. Mm-hmm. Which, which again, like he said that be- because of her eyes, it could be that she's been dead for several weeks, but her body doesn't show any kind of decomposition. So, he, like I said, he does the Y incision, it bleeds, and... Uh, Oh, he does a, a, a vaginal ex, um, examination on her and says that she's just fucking torn up he, inside. He gets up on them guts. <laughs> up in them guts. Um, he says she's all toe up. Yeah. Like it said, there, were, there are multiple cuts inside of her that, I mean, they were, it's clear that they were done intentionally. Um, and again, it's like, yeah, no shit. Like, just going to accidentally stick a knife up there. <laughs> um, it made me think of Seven. Yeah. And the guy's fucking the chick with the knife strap on. Right. God, that still gives me chills. That's that's pretty bad. And his reaction to it, too. It's 
like, he made me fuck her. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> I keep getting off track. I keep losing my place. Uh, yeah, so he opens her chest and um, opens her, uh, like, like, cuts her ribs open, takes out her breastplate. And is noticing that there's, her internal organs are fucked. All fucked up. Like, her lungs are black. And, like, Austin says what I never really took her for to be a smoker. He says you could, she could be smoking 10 packs a day for 30 years and her lungs wouldn't look like this. Like, this is, like, serious, purposeful burning. Yeah. Like, she was, like, a fire eater. Yeah. But, and it had a horrible accent. <laughs> and it's, like, it's funny that... Uh, that Tommy knows all these things, but I, mean, I know it's probably procedure, but he's like, all right, well, I'll take a tissue sample. And we're going to see what the lab says. Like, multiple times. Like, <laughs> we'll see what the lab says. Like, I mean, make any judgments. Just what the lab says. I'm not going to fuck with it. <laughs> um, oh, and, and Tommy puts, like, a blood sample in, in the fridge. Uh, and oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, and he goes back to it, and he sees a pool of blood underneath the fridge, opens it up, and it looks like her blood sample has exploded all over the place. Yeah, there, but there was, like, so much more blood than was in that sample. Yeah. Um, and so just all these weird things are starting to fucking happen. A fucking... Her nose starts to bleed, and a housefly flies out of yeah. her nose. I would have thought that would make, like, the... the more would come of that, but it never really does. I also thought they would make at least a mention of it, because I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, at least, I thought they'd at least be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, oh, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, they look at her lungs, and they're blackened, like, like charred. Um, they take out her heart, and it's been, it has scars on it, like, like cutting scars on her heart. And all of her organs just have these slices, all, like these healed over sliced scars all over them. Um, and that's made all all the more weird by the fact that she has no scarring on her outside. Uh, there's nothing to show that she's ever been stabbed or, or, or burned or... Yeah, no, and yeah, nothing like this. So, I mean... Austin is just kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And Tommy's just like, oh, this, <laughs> I've seen that before. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> MBD. <laughs> we're going to see what the lab says. <laughs> um, and like, they're listening to the radio and the radio keeps cutting in and out and it, it jumps over to what sounds like a, like old timey Christian music. Uh, station and there's a weather there's an ongoing weather report saying that there's like you know, all the storms coming and it's worse than everybody thought it was going to be so you know if you don't have to go anywhere don't you know stay where you are or you know get to where you need to be immediately and you know they're in this basement and Austin's like you know dad maybe we should go and he's like no the sheriff needs a or Tommy's saying no the sheriff needs a COD tonight um, so they keep working and just this weird shit starts to unfold. Uh, the, all the lights blow out and all the 
the body cabinets, you know, the free the freezers, free, fridges, whatever they are, lockers. Yeah, lockers. I think that's what they're called. Um, they all burst open, and then seemingly no none of the bodies are there anymore. <laughs> um, and that's finally when Tommy's like, "All right, let's let's get the fuck out of here." Um, oh, and they found their cat in the air vent. Yeah, like he, mangled he and half dead. Up. Um, and then Tommy just broke his fucking neck. Yeah. <laughs> Just snapped it like so many twigs. So, yeah, they get to a point where they're like, "Okay, let's let's leave. This shit's getting too weird." <laughs> and um, they go up to the 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 doors that would let them out. They have looks like they have two entry points, like these. Well, this cell- out they couldn't use the elevator, right? And that was one entry, and they have like these cellar doors that open to the outside of the house. Um, and I guess those are probably their two points of entry, I would assume. Yeah. Um, and that's been blocked by the old sycamore. The old sycamore, <laughs> <laughs> the old sycamore fell. Um, so it, it becomes a struggle to for them to get out of this basement. Um, meanwhile, it's see like... These these bodies that were in the cabinets, they seem to be walking around. Like, you never see one straight up. Well, you do eventually, but, like, at first, you kind of see them, like, But even that one, you camera. don't know if it's real. Right, yeah. And, um, but, I mean, like, Austin's, like, he looks down underneath a door, and he can see, like, feet passing. And that was, like, one thing that was explained earlier in the movie is one of the bodies had a bell attached to its ankle Tommy's saying oh you know that's how they used to do it back then because there's no way to tell if somebody was in a coma or dead Um, or it was really hard to tell and so they put a bell on the ankle so if you bury them and you hear a bell coming from underground you know the person wasn't dead Um, and he says he does it because he's old fashioned I think he may just do it to fuck with people yeah probably (laughs) but they keep hearing this bell go off and so that leads them to believe that this guy whose face was blown out is walking around. <laughs> the first time that the bell started ringing, that was a pretty, pretty awesome scene. Yeah, it was kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, shit just keeps getting weirder. Like, they, they, they start in looking at her intestines, and they pull out this little balled-up rag, which contains her tooth, and it's like some kind of... They refer to it as a shroud. It's got like some kind of weird iconography on it and Roman numerals. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I'll, I'll, this, it becomes a sequence of just like the thinking they're seeing dead bodies walking around and a lot of bad things happening. <clears throat> you know, the electricity going out. And, like at one point, the furnace like starts up. And it opens and just all this smoke. Right. And that, like that reminded me so... I don't know if this was intentional, but it reminded me so much of Carpenter's The Fog. Yeah. You see that? And there's one point where they're like, okay. I mean, you know, Tommy was like impossible to convince. You know, <laughs> it seems so out of place in a movie. In real life, this is how somebody would probably be. But Austin was just like, there's something wrong with her. None of this shit started until she got here. 
And Tommy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's impossible. But, you know, in real life, if that were to happen to you or I, we're like, okay, all the shit started happening when that body showed up. So we're going to get that body the fuck out of here. Yeah. In a movie, that seems out of place. True. Just, I think it's just because of that's how movies have always gone. It's like, it's like, oh, there's no way that yeah, you always got to have the skeptic. Yeah. Um, so Austin's trying to convince Tommy that there's something wrong with Jane Doe and they need to get rid of her. So he, fi- he finally convinces her that, to take her to the, the crematorium and burn the bitch. But um, they're locked into the examination room or the autopsy room. And so he just, Austin just says, fuck it, and grabs this big-ass jug of chemicals, spills it all over her body, and lights her on fire. And there's just this big, like, fire stack that goes out and spreads out all over the ceiling and down the walls. It was so funny, though, because, like, he, he dumps all this stuff all over her, and then Tommy pulls out the book of matches. It's like, he doesn't believe any of this, but he's just like, yeah, fuck it, burn it, burn the bitch, whatever. <laughs> and he's like... The fact that you're so willing to do it, too. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. This is my livelihood. <laughs> this is where I work. And this, that, that above us, that's our home. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that effect was cool, I thought. Yeah. Like, it kind of goes up. Like, it's got, like, um, like a like an air vent, like something you might see over, like, uh, an industrial, an air hood, like you'd see over... Something you work with chemicals or over a stove or something. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes up through there, but then it kind of spreads out. And like I said, it goes all over the ceiling and starts going down the walls. And look, that looked awesome. Yeah, it did. And then her body kind of fizzles out with no damage on it. Right. <laughs> um, There's a scene later, and I don't remember what they were talking about, but Tommy says something about her body looking a specific way and Austin is just like we set her on fire (laughs) (laughs) yeah I remember what you're talking about I just don't remember exactly what was said yeah um, yeah I think uh, probably saying anything else about the plot might be venturing into spoiler territory so what do you think I loved it yeah I thought this was so good. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Like if this, if I had seen this earlier, this probably would have been a nominee for a horror movie of the year. Mm. Um, yeah, everything was done really well. I, I, I got deep into this. So deep. So deep. <laughs> I was fucking elbow deep into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like sitting up on the edge of my bed, just like, oh fuck, what's gonna happen? <laughs> Oh shit, they shut that bitch on fire. Fuck. Is your TV like a foot away from the edge of your bed? Yes. <laughs> That's how good it was. <laughs> I had to watch this twice. Um, the first time I was watching it, I I wasn't feeling too well. Uh, and I think I my oh my 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 wife came home and I was just distracted by stuff and and things. Yeah. And I actually didn't even finish it that first time, so I went back and watched it again this morning. Yeah, it was really good. I, I mean, everything about it. Yeah. The story, the acting, um, the, uh, I mean, really the only two faces I recognized were Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, I, I, I looked at 
the other people. And they, the sheriff kind of looked familiar, but I didn't. Yeah, nothing of his that I recognize. He, he's Irish. Um, he's been in Game of Thrones. Apparently, Roos Bolton. I don't know. I've seen a handful of Game of Thrones, but I don't. I couldn't tell you. Oh, uh, I thought you. I thought you were into that show. I'm not. The girlfriend does. Ah. Uh, he's in the Hollow. Was he the main guy in the Hollow? Calm Donnelly. No. Yeah, it's like because you you said he looks so familiar, and it's like I agree with you. Now I, I need to know why he looks familiar. <laughs> Fuck it. Looks like he's got a long career though. He kind of looked like the deputy from Twin Peaks. But I know that's not him. <laughs> nope. And you know, one thing about this movie that I, I really like is I I can't think of anything to compare it to. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really a lot similar to it. Yeah, it's a very original story. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was trying to try to think if I could mention one part without it being a spoiler, but it, it kind of is. So never mind. Um. I can think of movies that are similar, but not quite like this. Not similar enough to where it would feel derivative. Yeah, exactly. Um, My biggest complaint, and it's it's a small one, is that the when they kind of like realize what's going on, it feels a little Scooby Doo. A little bit, yeah. And I, I also it. don't really like the way it ended. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's not an ideal ending. I mean, I guess, you know, if you if you want to say I can't this, necessarily come up with anything better at yeah. the moment, but it did seem to end very quickly. Yeah. Like shit just started unfolding like like it was a, it was a, a rolling ball gathering speed. And then it was just kind of like, hey, if we do this, everything will be fine. It's like, but <laughs> but why? <laughs> um. Yeah. But like I said, minor complaints. Right. Overall, I thought it was I thought it was really really good. Yeah. Uh, I thought the acting acting was top notch. There's not a lot of effects. No, it's it's pretty minimal in that that regard. But um, I mean, you know, they take a live woman and they cut her open and rip out her heart, and that looks cool. That is true. Um. I think this is the longest I've ever looked at boobs and just, just not, not been turned not on been at all. On. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, at first, you're like, oh, right, boobs. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Huh. <laughs> she's still naked. Yep. Like, she's completely naked. I'm seeing pretty much everything and just, no. <laughs> At one point, you're just like, oh, right, she's that's a naked chick. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of forgot. Um, I think she's Irish, by the way. <clears throat> okay. Just just letting you know. I don't care. All right. Whatever. I mean, good for her? I, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Asshole. Um. 
I there, there are elements to the story that I thought were cool. Um, I can't really talk about them. <laughs> I hate doing that. Yeah. Um, but it was they incorporated elements of history into it. Mm, yeah. That I, that I thought were cool. Um, but it wasn't like overbearing about it. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest complaint about the movie itself was that a lot of jumps, there were a lot of jump scares. Um, you think mostly in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and they were <laughs> like the first half dozen of them seemed like they were all Brian Cox. <laughs> like suddenly he's oh, okay. Yeah. Can, suddenly he's in the room saying. where, yeah. where, uh, Austin is like, and he's like, yeah, like Austin walks in and the, uh, the door to one of the lockers just kind of slowly swings open yeah. and he's walking over to it. And he's all of a sudden it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And that's not the first time it happened. <laughs> like something like that. Yeah. Um, so th- that, that, would probably be my biggest complaint, and it's not a big deal, I guess. <laughs> what are you doing? Where's your mom? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nobody gets that. Uh, I wish they would. Have we talked about that on the show? I, I doubt it. <laughs> Let's keep it that way. Oh, that was so good, though. Let's keep them in suspense. And never tell them. Maybe if you give us enough money on Patreon, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Exclusive to our $20 donors. <laughs> $20. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Anyway. I dug it. Top notch. Top shelf. Good stuff. Just good, A1. good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. It, it, it looked good. I was thinking that's why I picked it. About it. What? I knew very little about it going in. I didn't I didn't like I didn't hadn't heard a lot about it, but I knew I knew Emil Hirsch and Brian Cox were in it. That was about all I knew. Right. I assumed there was an autopsy of some kind. <laughs> an autopsy of a Jane I'm, Doe. I'm probably some kind of unnamed woman. <laughs> um Yeah, I would definitely watch it again. I would recommend it to others. Mm-hmm. So good times uh yeah not a lot to critique about this i don't think um, no not really or you know um any kind of negative criticism so uh i think i'll give this an eight i'm uh i'm gonna give it an eight and a half oh that yeah it's pretty high it's damn good shit high praise <laughs> Watch your mouth, hair gel. <laughs> I enjoyed it immensely. It was quite good. Edge Most of my good. seat action. Well, this brings us to the end, my friends. I'm surprised I survived this episode. I think you did all right. Yeah. Aside from my brain just shutting down a few times. Anyway, um... Hope you enjoyed your start to 2017, um, and uh, hope you enjoyed your holiday. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, this is where I always fall apart. I gotta know. I don't know what the fuck to say. Show's over. Go away. <laughs> You're still here. <laughs> um, but uh, no. Thanks for following us into another year, guys. Uh, we hope to 
like we said on our last episode, we're going to be doing a lot more fun things. Um, I hate calling them theme episodes. It sounds so corny. But I mean, like, if you look back, we've done them before, like when we did our Stephen King episode. Yeah. Even our very first episode, we did uh, Evil Dead original versus remake. Right. So it's more it's stuff like that. Yeah. Whether you want to call it a theme or whatever, but it's it's similar things yeah. to that where we the, the movies kind of tie in together. Yeah. And not just two new movies. Right. Um, and yeah, like we said, I, I, I think that's going to make the show a lot more fun for us and you guys. Um, and we're going to try and I think we're, we're, we're going to really try to get more, more listener involvement this year, uh, in, in just different respects. I don't know what kind yet, but we're going to work on that. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with a new episode where we're going to be talking about, I forget, uh, blood brothers and underworld blood wars. Right. So much blood. Just blood, blood, blood. Uh, and in the meantime, where can they find us, Taylor? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Patreon, of course, and iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere where podcasts are found. Right. And we would greatly appreciate some reviews and some ratings on all of those sites, if you please. I think the only ones we're on where you can actually review are iTunes and Stitcher, but sure. I mean, if the place that you listen to your your podcasts has reviews, then give us five stars. Yeah, we would really appreciate it. Yeah, it helps people f- discover the show. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's especially important if you if you like the show and you want to help us grow as you grow our audience, then yeah, a review would definitely help. Uh, you can also hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Multiple, multiple tiers of support. We also have uh, merchandise for sale at store.graveplotpodcast.com. We now have buttons, and we'll have stickers very soon. Yes. We have stickers for days. Just Probably not just days. Stickers, stickers, stickers at your ass. <laughs> I got I to gotta actually make the stickers so, you know, they're going to be a limited supply. Right. Uh, we made to order. And I guess, you know, we've been saying stickers. I should clarify their decals, which personally I like better, but it depends on what you're sticking them on, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe we'll get real stickers someday. Maybe. I mean, the place where we order our buttons from does stickers. So maybe if you guys haven't, if you express an interest in regular stickers, then maybe we'll look into it. Maybe if you give us money on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) So back in a couple weeks guys till then i am skeleton i am taylor of taylor this has been the great plot podcast where we're all a little dead inside <laughs>